The surging price of food, and in particular, the increase in the price of milk and dairy. Because I think maybe next to a gas, it's what a lot of consumers have noticed the most. Going to the grocery store and you get a bit of sticker shock when it comes to milk and dairy products. And it turns out determining the price of dairy is a fairly complicated process. And for more on that, joining us now is the food professor, Sylvain Charlebois from Dalhousie University. Sylvain, good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Uh, first off, uh, can you kind of give us, uh, you know, just sort of how much the price of dairy, how much has it increased lately? So I can tell you exactly how much more dairy farmers are getting for, for their milk and butter fat. So that was decided by the Canadian Dairy Commission uh, in Ottawa a few months ago. So it's 8.4% more for milk and for butter fat, it's 12.4%. Now, okay. it may not mean much to your listeners, but the bottom line is that uh, the milk that we have in Canada, the industrial milk in Canada, is three times more expensive than the milk you'll find in the U.S. That's where we're at right now. Okay, and this increase you just mentioned, it's the largest announced by the Dairy Commission in the past half century? Yes, actually, it's almost double the previous record. Uh, of 4.6%. So it's it's pretty high. A, a lot of people were a bit shocked to learn about the 8.4% because we know what it meant to uh, to, to, to consumers uh, in February, like right now. Uh, we're, you're likely seeing higher uh, milk prices right now. In a few weeks from now, well, dairy products will be impacted, uh, cheese, yogurt, um, butter as well. So we are expecting the dairy section at the grocery store to become much more expensive and prices can vary. Uh, increases can vary anywhere between five to 15%, depending on where you, where you live and, and where you're buying your dairy products. Okay. And do we know exactly how the dairy commission determines a price increase? <laughs> I wish I knew. Uh, they actually released a 300 word uh, document. That's basically a, claiming that it's costing more to produce milk. Well, that's true. Uh, it is costing more to feed uh, livestock, for example. But uh, we did actually make, uh, we submitted a request to the Dairy Commission to have access to the data they used to come up with the 8.4%, and our, and our request was, uh, was denied, unfortunately. So I can't really tell you whether or not uh, uh, increases are justified, uh, or, uh, or that we're just looking at a uh, a sector that is not really that competitive. All right, uh, you know, I've talked to a few uh, dairy farmers. I reached out to one uh, in particular to ask him about this uh, earlier today, and uh, this dairy farmer uh, told me, Sylvain, that uh, apparently the Dairy Commission puts out a survey to a number of farmers asking about the uh, cost of production numbers, and they conduct a review to determine whether or not an increase is indeed required, and. Uh, how much? And as a matter of fact, last year, uh, there was barely a price increase at all. It was only around, I think, uh, 1%. So, I mean, fair to say, much like uh, many other industries, I mean, the, the cost of producing something, in this case, milk and dairy, it's certainly, whether it's supply chain issues or uh, uh, other things, I mean, it has certainly increased, right? I mean, it, it has become more expensive for dairy farmers. Oh, absolutely. But keep in mind that we partially subsidize the industry. That's one thing. Uh, and secondly, uh, the survey does include 250 farmers, approximately. 
But uh, farmers have the right to refuse to participate, which means that the sample sample design might be skewed in favor of increasing prices. That's the thing. So years where they don't increase prices because there's a lot of room there. The average net worth on a dairy farm uh, is about $7 million in Canada. These people aren't poor. Well, having said that, though, they do have uh, costs, and costs are rising, as I mentioned, uh, like so many uh, other uh, industries. But when we try to determine the, the price of uh, dairy and milk, butter, and that sort of thing, uh, when it comes to the Dairy Commission, then, uh, you know, as we've been talking about, uh, seems to be somewhat uh, shrouded in secrecy, very complicated. Do you think that the system then, Sylvain, does it need uh, some sort of overhaul? That's the, that, I think that's essentially the problem, because, uh, I mean, milk, and people may think, well, meat is going up, uh, uh, produce is going up. Well, yes, but milk is different in Canada. It's, uh, we have, uh, have government-sanctioned quotas. Nobody can produce milk other than people who own quotas. Uh, so milk is essentially a public good. Uh, with more transparency, I think people would understand and would probably sympathize with dairy farmers much more so than they do now. Because right now, what I'm hearing are a lot of consumers being annoyed by the fact that they're paying way more for dairy products, uh, and they're also subsidizing the sector as well. Listen, I know that you're not an expert when it comes to uh, fuel and gas, but uh, is there some uh, you know symmetry, if you will, here? Because I, I think uh, a lot of consumers have... Uh, felt the same about fuel prices and uh, gasoline, wondering why uh, gas can go up to, you know, roughly $1.60 uh, a liter now. What's uh, driving this? What, what's happening? And uh, how are these uh, price increases, how are they determined? Well, uh, so the correlation between food prices and the price of gas uh, is not strong, to be honest. But if you look at ag commodities right now, futures, uh, many of them are way up. Like soybeans is uh, at a record high right now. Uh, wheat is going up. Uh, canola is going up. So obviously, uh, yes, indirectly, it will impact dairy farmers eventually. And next year, as they work on the pricing formula again, uh, we are expecting more increases as well. But again, we don't have any data. We have we don't have access to specific data, so I can't really tell you uh, if, say, for example, they could feed livestock differently or they can manage their, their farms differently. Uh, we just don't know. Let me ask you just, and I got roughly about 45 seconds here, but, uh, you know, having looked at all of the price increases at the grocery store over the last four or five, uh, six months, uh, just uh, how concerned are you as somebody that uh, watches this right now when it comes to issues like food security? Uh, I'm not. I'm not concerned about food security per se. I, I'm. I'm very much concerned about food affordability. Uh, I mean, uh, prices, food prices can go up, and they, they've always gone up, which is which is fine. But right now, uh, when the food inflation rate is is north of five percent, that's a problem, and and wages aren't going up as much. So that's that creates a food affordability problem. All right. I got to leave it uh, for now. Sylvain, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Food professor Sylvain Charlebois from Dalhousie University. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring.